Hi, I'm Susie, and I have pink hair. And I'm Alexis, and I'm wearing Crocs. Crocs and a hat covered in pins. And you're listening to Jawbreakers, the universe's best podcast. The universe's best podcast. Every episode, we look at celebrities and musicians to find fun little tidbits and conspiracies you won't see in magazines. We follow snack food mascots like Mr. Peanut and the Keebler Elves to make sure they're staying in their lane. And we do it all while eating candy and hitting jewels. And we do it all while eating candy and hitting jewels. Jawbreakers. <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you for listening to the Jawbreakers podcast. This is Susie, and this week, Alexis and I took a look at the day the music died. It's a day rich with music history, and, um, you know, Don McLean wrote a whole song about it, so we're just taking a good look at that. I hope you like it. You can follow us on Instagram, on Patreon, on Twitter. You know where to find us at this point. You can also find links to all those places at link tr.ee slash nermanermer and um, you're going to find us at nermanermer on pretty much everything. So, uh, thanks so much for listening. Become a patron if you want. Just keep listening if you want. It's appreciated either way. And uh, that's it. Enjoy the episode. There's a lot of controversy right now. Just all over the place. What about Paris Hilton? What's her controversy? She like sold. She like bought ape NFT, um, whatever that's I called. I knew it was gonna be the NFT thing. And she went on Jimmy Fallon and like gave everyone in the audience NFTs. Yeah, the NFT thing seems to be real. It's like all these celebrities keep promoting it, and then every time somebody does, it's like, oh no, they're well, canceled too. I think she like sold. She like did something big. I don't really. I didn't look that far into it, but. She shared a TikTok from the interview, mm-hmm. and she zoomed in, and she was wearing two different shoes, and it was an accident. I did see the two different shoes. I didn't know it was an accident. I thought she did it on purpose. No, she said, well, okay, I think it was on purpose, but she said it was an accident, because her thing was, her caption, um, when she said it was an accident, was like when you're in a rush to go watch the newest episode of Paris in Love. So I think it was just a. It was a bit. It was a bit. Yeah, it's like everybody promoting those are like. You know, I mean, people of smaller celebrities have been getting shit on for pumping out like Bitcoin. Like, yeah, not yeah, Bitcoin, yeah. but like e commerce yeah. stuff tanks after they sell it but like this ape thing is like a bunch of people are doing it so it's like okay well are they being paid to do that or like what's the deal right so still to say if it becomes a really bad thing or not avenge sevenfold (laughs) released like this whole fan club thing basically but it's all like nfts and what do you call it um 
Yeah, it's like Bitcoin. Yeah. E-commerce, Basically that. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know the best way to say it. Um, Where it's like, you can buy like lifelong concert tickets and like all this exclusive stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's really fucking expensive. <laughs> but just like trying to launch a whole community with it. Crypto. Crypto, yeah. Yeah, so this website says celebrities that have NFTs and that are promoting NFTs are like Reese Witherspoon, Shonda Rhimes, Serena Williams, Reese Ozzy Osbourne. Reese Witherspoon did? Yeah. Sweet Home Alabama herself? Yeah. Snoop Dogg. That makes sense. Gwyneth Paltrow, Travis Barker, Eminem, Meek Mill, Jimmy Fallon, Timbaland. Skipping over some. John Stamos, Ashton Kutcher. Jesus. Some of them make more sense than others. Agreed. But also, I guess I guess it just like doesn't surprise me that much that in this uh, crazy world we live in, that it doesn't that people don't care about the environmental impact of running a bunch of computers just for the sake of weird art sales. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, people are constantly talking about that. People are mad about the Eminem, but then people are. I feel like the Eminem thing, uh, for our future listeners, because obviously everybody in the present knows about the Eminem thing, but, uh, you know, when the aliens land and they listen to our podcast, yeah, learn yeah. about culture, uh, they desexualize the green Eminem slightly by putting her in sneakers. Oh, I thought you meant Marshall Mathers. <laughs> no, no, great point, though. No, the green Eminem. Yes. But I feel like that's one of those things that there's more people talking about the people talking about it than there than the are actual... people actually talking about it. Right. The big one was just that Tucker Carlson of Fox News was like, they're not going to stop till M&Ms aren't sexy. And everyone was like, that's a weird thing to say, dude. Yeah, that's weird. Minnie Mouse is wearing a pantsuit now. I did see that. I don't get the point of that. Literally don't care. I don't care what Minnie Mouse is wearing. Absolutely not. She has never been my fashion icon. <laughs> she's just Minnie Mouse. Don't care what she's wearing. Don't care at all. No. Pretty sure there's weirder things happening. Right. But yeah, I feel like the... Maybe I've just spent a lot of time online in the last couple of weeks, but like... Everybody's mad about something. Oh, and... We have to pull our podcast from Spotify. Oh, yeah. We need to write an open letter to Spotify. Yeah, to say... We're not going to put our podcast on Spotify until you take down Joe Rogan. It's us or him. Right. So, so far we've got Neil Young. Now Joni Mitchell is saying it. That she's going to take her shit down. And they took it. They they, they did. They took her stuff. I knew they took Neil Young. That was yeah, they, they did. Took her. No, they chose Joe Rogan over Joni Mitchell. I feel like we need to get, like, somebody who was in 90. or something. Yeah. Also, just for the record, this is once again, this, I think because it's not as political as Trump going off Twitter, people aren't realizing it's the same thing. It's not censorship. Spotify is a privately owned company Mm -hmm. that sets their own rules. And if they say Joe Rogan can stay, that implies that they're okay with him spreading misinformation. It's not even about they need to remove every Joe Rogan podcast episode. It's about like... Also, the misinformation that he's spreading about like vaccines and stuff. Like, also, I'd be content if they just took away some of his ad revenue because of the misinformation. Yeah. Or at least like 
It's not censorship if people are spreading misinformation, is what I mean. To At say. least put, like, a warning or something that's, like, I don't know. Right. That's why I'm kind of, like, I don't really get... I don't think I don't think anyone big enough could pull from Spotify or would pull from it would Spotify. Have to be like, it would have to be, like, Taylor Swift, Drake. The big, uh, big ones. Harry Styles. You know, like... Yeah. All, like, the ones that bring in Spotify. I don't even know. It would have to be everyone. Right. In order for them to say no Joe Rogan, because that's their biggest podcast. Right. So, so be it. But if that's the case, then, like, don't let him make mad ads. He makes a lot of money from spreading misinformation. So, like, that's kind of where I'm at. It's not censorship to set guidelines on your privately owned app. It'd be censorship, because this is the same thing with Trump on Twitter. It was like... If if he wants to publicize his thoughts, he can do it on another platform. Right. But good luck finding a platform as successful. Right. So, like, if Joe Rogan wants to host his podcast and say whatever he wants unaffected, his ad revenue will be cut because he'd have to go to another platform. Right. If Spotify put their foot down, which they won't. But we were just saying earlier, neither of us even have Spotify, so it's really not our problem. It's really not our problem. We are both big Joe Rogan heads, though. Huge. My favorite episode is the one where he eats acid and talks to Michael Jackson through the sky. I didn't see that one. <laughs> Which one's your favorite? Um, the one where he talks to Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, just eat a ton of vitamin C. <laughs> Joe Rogan, Neil Young episode. He should have Neil Young and Joni Mitchell on his next he episode. Would. He had Jewel on recently. He can have those two. Oh, good. Oh, I was gonna say. I understand that Neil Young and Joni Mitchell have issues with the actual spread of misinformation about vaccines, but it reads like they have beef with Joe Rogan himself, <laughs> and that's just obscene to imagine. Well, similarly, I think it was a few days before Neil Young put out his thing. Toby Keith has been freaking out and, like, going on rants about how um, the vaccine is, like, basically, like, manipulating people and, like, hypnotizing them and how the whole world is hypnotizing people into thinking they need to get this vaccine and do this stuff. And he got, like, a vaccine a few years ago that made him sick. I don't remember which one. But he's going on this huge rant and everyone's like, the fuck no one asked you eric clapton yeah what the heck kid rock canceled any date that requires a vaccine so all of them except for alabama right arkansas yeah i mean probably yeah probably texas i'm so tired of talking about the vaccine i am too like i feel like i wish everyone would just zoom out a little bit and realize like Everyone has a choice on whether or not to get the vaccine, and all it is is whether or not you want to be vaccinated against a virus, period. It has nothing to do with who you voted for. It has nothing to do with fucking conspiracies. Either get vaccinated or don't. Right. And if you don't, wear a fucking mask, period. Like, I don't give a shit. Why on earth are people even thinking of... Like, I don't understand why people are still talking about is coronavirus real or worthy of preventing... Like, just shut the fuck up. There's evidence that it's real. This is a vaccine like every other vaccine you've gotten in your Get life. Get it or don't. Just Get like it it's always don't. been. 
Exactly. Like, I know people who didn't get vaccinated as kids because, like, their parents didn't want them to for their Same. own, re- all for different reasons, mostly. Same. And, like, even people canceling tour dates because it's required or not, like, it's not that complicated. Yeah. Oh Yeah, also, venues have always had their own... Right, like, if a venue says you can't bring a gun in and you're pro-gun, are you going to That's still... a really good comparison. Like, okay, what? Yeah. If you're pro-gun and you're like, okay, no one's going to get shot at my concert even if guns are allowed, you still can't be like, no venue, you must require... You know, like, yeah. venues... Again, this is a matter of, like, a private property, like, fucking Spotify, Twitter. Like, you can make... All of these things are privately owned. And if you want everything to be owned wide, then that's socialism. Good job. Okay, another note. We got from the local library, 600 feet from our house, Mm. a book of Rolling Stone covers, 50 of them. No, 50 years worth, way more than 50. It's like 700 pages. And we went through it, and it was quite a trip. It was really interesting. Yeah. It was upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just every year. Just felt like it got worse. Yeah, it's funny because it's like such it's such a time capsule for so many years. It started in like yeah. the sixties, late sixties, and it was for a while a lot of just Rolling Stones and the Beatles and some like Janis Joplin, yeah. Jimi Hendrix type shit. But then like obviously it morphed right into like bigger pop culture and just news and everything. Yeah, it's super liberal leaning. Mm-hmm. So like during the Bush era, there's a bunch of like anti-Bush cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then there was also the horrifying descent of Donald Trump onto the covers of that Rolling one was, Stone. That was upsetting to look at. Yeah, it was I like, was scared to turn the page. We were just like flipping through, and then all of a sudden, it was the dark era. Yeah, <laughs> it happened fast. It happened so like it was like. Elias Moore said, what, what did it say? White, angry women. Yeah, they <laughs> like, had so many, like, sexist headlines. So many sexist Like, headlines. once a year, they'll do an issue. I think they still probably kind of do this. Mm-hmm. It seemed like for quite a while, once a year, they would do an issue that was, like, the women of rock or something, mm-hmm. when the cover of every other one was just some guy. Just Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger getting another cover. Yeah. A naked Red Hot Chili Peppers. Always naked. Always naked. A lot of John Travolta's. A lot of John Travolta's. Multiple Seinfeld cast. Oh, the Seinfeld ones were so good. Because they dressed up, like, the whole cast would dress up like rock stars. It was just really, really good. They, they were just making fun of it. They dressed as Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Good stuff. Really, really like the Seinfeld stuff. ones. I did, too. How'd you feel about the E.T. cover? Disgusting! I can't believe they just sold that at, like, Safeway. That was, like, yeah, that was in public. That needs to be, like... Like, behind a card, like, porn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. They also had one of Mr. Binks. Comma Jar Jar. <laughs> Comma Jar Jar. Anyways, we're really beating around the bush of why we came together today, which is to talk about the day that the music died. The February 3rd. 
February 3rd, 1959. Uh, plane crashed with Buddy Holly on it. Also, Richie Valens, the big bopper J.P. Richardson. All uh, died on a plane crash, which is insane. And the pilot. Okay, sorry. And the pilot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not anybody to come after you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it was dubbed the day the music died by the Don McLean song. Is that how you say his name? I think it's McLean. McLean. Don Mr. Clean. The song is eight minutes long. Thoughts? Have you ever... Sang the song at karaoke. The full version? Yeah. No, it's have you? It's a blast. But what's even more fun is when you see someone start it, and you know you can tell that they don't realize it's eight minutes long, and then they start to bail out halfway through, and then you take over. I've done that multiple times in my life. You need someone on standby. I mean, eight minutes. So long. It feel, it, it's very gratifying <laughs> to just take over someone else. It just never ends. It's a great song. I love this song. So. One time, <laughs> I went camping with some friends. And on the drive down from the mountain, we made bets on how many times American Pie would play until we were off of the mountain. Was it like four? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like you drove down from Everest and yeah. played like three and a half times. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. One of my favorite longer songs. I hope I'll say so myself. My favorite is Rush. Okay. Here comes Tom Sawyer. Oh, oh God, I hate that song. Is that one an eight minute song? I think it's like 90 minutes. <laughs> I, I like to play... Um, the, like, seven-minute version of Death Cab for Cutie, I Will Possess Your Heart, with, like, six minutes of the bass line that's just, like, do 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 for, like, six minutes long before the song starts. There's a Justin Timberlake song that's, like, eight minutes long. What goes around comes back around. It repeats for so long. It's like you're a mirror. Is it that one? There's a version of that one that's... Oh, maybe it's that one. I might be wrong. Uh, Tom Sawyer's only four minutes long. <laughs> Feels like 20. It does feel like 20. All right. So, diving right into the American Pie lyrics. I have the genius Thank you. page up. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. Don McLean listen to music as a child (laughs) i love genius lyrics (laughs) and i knew that my chance if i had my chance that i could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while high school dances were typically more serious and formal than today okay when was that (laughs) when was the song oh no when was that genius like what is today uh you know today like today Like today. But February made me shiver with every paper I'd deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. Obviously, we just said February 1959. People died on a plane. And then Don McLean dedicated his album to Buddy Holly in order to connect the entire statement to Holly in hopes of bringing about an interest in him. 
Which makes me wonder, wasn't he already famous? <sighs> I think so. This wasn't his first song. I can't remember if... No, Buddy Holly, I mean. Oh. Like, that that genius thing makes it seem like... Sorry, which one? Uh, February Made Me Shiver. Okay, gotcha. I dedicated my album to bring an interest gotcha. to Buddy Holly. And what year did this song come out, American Pie? 1971? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe people had, like, lost sight of it. Yeah. Right. Like, like, do you think Weezer would have? I was about to say that. Maybe. Well, maybe this brought light to we. So, what's his name? Rivers Cuomo. Rivers Cuomo. Right off the dome. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the guitar's name. Slash. <laughs> the edge. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think that Rivers Cuomo would have sang? Ooh, you. I look just like Buddy Holly. If it weren't. If it weren't for this song. Because I think he wouldn't have. I think Don McLean is to blame. Don McLean. To blame? To to credit. Okay. Um, yeah, I think he did bring light to it. I think, you know, 20 years later. Right, and then for us, like... I mean, 20 years... A couple yeah. years after that. Right. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did bring light to it. I'm trying to think of, like, a... I think there's something else like that. I'll think of it. Okay. I'll mull it over. Can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride. His wife of six months was pregnant at the time of the crash. Buddy Holly's? Yeah, and she had a miscarriage due to the shock <gasps> of hearing his death over the radio. Aww. Wow, that line's even more heavy now. Maria's miscarriage was directly responsible for the policy of waiting to release the names of the deceased until after the family has been notified. Whoa. So they released... Wow, that's interesting. That would suck like i've thought about that people still sometimes find out things in bad ways right but like i've thought about that before of like yeah she's she's well, married that, to a famous guy didn't that kind of happen with kobe bryant uh it's possible i think something because i what i think happened is like the first responders that went out there and i'm prob i think i have the story probably wrong i haven't looked into it but i think one of them took a photo of kobe bryant like, his body. And I think it started, like, kind of circulating before they had even reached out to Vanessa Bryant. Yikes. <sighs> but something touched me deep inside the day the music died. Uh, Buddy Holly was a hugely influential figure, and his wonderful music touched many people. You want to hit the chorus? <laughs> Just thinking about how long this song is. That's <laughs> for... Yeah, it's going to be a long look at a long episode. Okay. So bye-bye Miss American Pie. The combination of Miss America and As American and Apple Pie. Oh, interesting. The song's title is one of many inspirations for the title of the film of the same name. Although internet rumors suggest that the plane that Holly died in was called American Pie, this is categorically false. <gasps> a the, lie. I created the term. Damn, Don McLean. <laughs> I created it. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> it's not Don McLean had previously dated a former Miss America contestant, which may have served as some inspiration for the lyric. Okay, that's okay. Funny. He could have heard of Miss America without yeah, that doesn't... dating a Miss America. <laughs> Come on, Don. I, I think Don McLean might have an ego thing. If we're being honest, <laughs> he <laughs> it says edited by Don McLean. <laughs> uh, 
Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Metaphor for the death of the American dream. The Chevrolet was a very popular car among young adults who would often gather at the levee to avoid adult supervision. Drag races would happen at the levee. Like Greece. Like Greece. Popular interpretation is that this line refers to a Westchester bar called the levee. But locals refute that, (laughs) saying the bar never had that name. There's so much mythology with this fucking song like there's, there's so, so many, much lore there's so many actual references right that it's like oh, these other lines are like well this line has to mean something right <laughs> and then them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye okay that's pretty that's self, pretty yeah pretty this is just explaining what whiskey and rye are <laughs> <We're gonna read laughs> that. <laughs> and it also defined the term good old boys which which it says the main characters good. of dukes of hazard <laughs> Singing, this'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. Let's see. Oh. The line that the good old boys are singing is slightly altered lyric from when a Buddy Holly song, That'll Be the Day. That'll be the day when I die. Do you think... So he's saying here that Buddy Holly and the boys... The good old were, boys. We're drinking whiskey and rye on this plane. Saying, this'll be the day that we die. Huh. Interesting for you to say, Don McLean. He's really, really bold. Yeah, he's a bold guy, that Don McLean. Alright. Verse one. Barely <laughs> <laughs> on verse one. Did you write The Book of Love, which is a monotone song, but it also sounds similar to a Buddy, Buddy Holly song? And do you have faith in God above if the Bible tells you so? Okay, the actual line from Genius is, some people are more affected by music than others, Don McLean included. So this one I feel like we're, people are trying to read into a little bit. Yeah. I don't think every line needs to have... Right. It doesn't really have... What did... I, I recently looked at, like, a Matt and Kim Genius lyric. What was it? It was, like, the most absurd thing. It was, like, Matt and Kim, like, running around. <laughs> right. Like, the... slip and slide on subway grades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had a picture. You're right. It had a picture of a slip and slide and a subway grate, and it said, ouch. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it's like, that is not what that's... It's <laughs> not what's happening. And can you teach me to dance real slow? Then it defines slow dancing. <laughs> And there's a photo of some black well, and white people. Is that Buddy Holly? I don't even think so, to be perfectly honest. He's not. He doesn't even look like Rivers Cuomo. I was going to say that. Does Rivers Cuomo look like Buddy Holly? No, In I the think music he had video, the he does. Yeah, I think he was cosplaying at the time. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I know that you're in love with him because I saw you dancing in the gym. You both kicked off your shoes. Man, I dig those rhythm and blues. Dancing without shoes was surprisingly <laughs> common. Sock cops, yeah. They were called sock cops. Yeah. So he's talking about sock cops, but you know he's writing a song, so he didn't just say, Can you teach me to dance real slow? Sock hop. He said, <laughs> <laughs> What is it called when rap ad libs? It wasn't just a rapper ad lib. It was sock hop. <laughs> okay, so it is clearly not that. I was a lonely teenage bronken buck with a pink carnation and a pickup truck. What the f- that's in the song. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this song a lot. 
Marty Robbins had a 1955 hit single, White Sport Coat and a Pink Carnation. Cute. And then he's basically referencing like a bucking bronco, which I think just... Oh, this is pre-OJ. Right, he's not referencing OJ's car. But I knew I was out of luck the day... They... <laughs> the music How many died. times is it gonna post this? What is this called? This picture here of it's a where cross. <laughs> <laughs> where you leave like um, a cross and like roses and stuff where someone dies. This is a thing. When you leave a cross <laughs> and, and roses and stuff. <laughs> Roadside Memorial. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of a roadside memorial with every time it says the day the music <laughs> Then we get the uh, chorus again. Should we go again. see it? Where is it? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's somewhere in the Midwest Iowa. or something. They were flying from Iowa to North Dakota. Never met anyone who's flown from Iowa to North Dakota. <laughs> mm, yeah, why were they doing that? You know, bye bye Miss American Pie. Dry, dry, to the dry levee, levee. But the levee was dry. Whiskey Some and rye. Boys drinking whiskey and rye. Singing, this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Verse 2. <laughs> now, for 10 years, we've been on our own. When McLean started working on the song in 69, it was roughly a decade after the music died. The song was released a little later. The McLean. Musicians have been recovering and moving on since then. <laughs> and moss grows fat on a rolling stone, but that's not how it used to be. McLean flips the traditional saying Buddy Holly's song early in the morning contains a similar lyric. Well, you know a rolling stone don't gather no moss. Oh, that's clever. Hence the rolling stones. Right. And also hence the magazine. Of course, this could also be referencing the Rolling Stones, like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan, or the magazine, which takes place, which takes its name from the song. <gasps> no, the, magazine the lyric. Oh wait, the serves- magazine came out after the McLean song. Wait, the magazine came out before the McLean song, but after the crash. But I think it maybe is saying here that the magazine is named after like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Hmm. I also think it's just a popular 60s phrase to be like, Rolling Stone, don't gather no moss. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) When the jester sang for the king and queen in a coat he borrowed from James Dean and a voice that came from you and me. Oof, alright. Heavy. Heavy. (laughs) This is a big one. The jesters, Bob Dylan specifically, the coat he borrowed from the James Dean, reference the coat that Dylan wears on the cover of the second album, released in 1960, which is... Similar to the jacket Dean famously wore in Rebel Without a Cause. That is an insanely niche lyric. I wonder how many people got that without genius. <laughs> Do you think anyone got it in 71? They might have, though, right? If, if yeah, people were sitting like, around you know, being like, yeah. oh, you know that Bob Dylan with the same jacket as the James... Right. People probably had posters of both and were like, that's the same jacket. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we know... Without having to look it up, that when Kanye says that he woke up so he can kick Pete Davidson's ass, we know what that's in reference to without looking it up. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, then it just gives you the history of Bob Dylan. Different podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and while the king was looking down, the jester stole his thorny crown. Wow. 
Sounds like Jesus. Elvis is widely known as... It does sound like Jesus. Doesn't Jesus wear a thorny crown? Yeah, it's like one of his hot items. <laughs> Elvis was widely known as the king of rock and roll. Oh, and he was drafted into the army. When he returned two years later, he started performing ballads, which weren't as popular with young people. Dylan was more attuned to what was hip and took the position of the leader of the counterculture that Elvis had vacated. I've never thought about Bob Dylan replacing Elvis. I didn't either. I thought they were both just doing their own thing. McLean refers to this position as a thorny crown in allusion to Jesus. The courtroom was adjourned. No verdict was returned. While a little out of place in the song's progression, this verse is about rock and roll milestones. The next one lists major events in American life. This line may refer to the 1970 killing of four student demonstrators at Kent State University in Ohio. What? How did we get there? That does seem out of place. When the case was presented to a grand jury and the eight guardsmen involved indicted, the judge then dismissed the case due to dubious claims that the guards shot in self-defense. It makes sense because, like, there are certain convictions that we're aware of that made it into music, and we know based on when it came out. Yeah, but this just says the courtroom was adjourned, no verdict was returned. Yeah, it does only say that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not saying that can't be about that case. It's just, it seems a little vague. Yeah, and also to say, oh, this totally doesn't make sense here. It, you know, like. It if does. It, if it was, in, but if it was in the paragraph or the, the verse that's like American history events, it would make right. a lot more sense. But since it's not, it does draw the question, right. is it really about Kent State? And while Lennon read a book on Marx, the quartet practiced in the park. So we were just talking about John Lennon. We're talking about Karl Marx. The quartet is the Beatles. Quartet is the Beatles. Yeah, it's just saying how Lennon flirted with the far left ideology. I don't think we need to read that. Oh, he spelled Lennon's name wrong in the handwritten lyrics. That's kind of cute. <laughs> oh wait, but Lennon is also Vladimir Lennon. Oh. So it's like it's like a combination of Lennon and Lennon. That's why you misspelled it. Or we sing dirges in the dark. Dirges are slow, mournful songs. No good for dancing to. This contrasts with the danceable music that Holly and Co were famous for. Right, because the defi- music died. And then it defines the dark. The dark likely refers <laughs> to the figurative dark or uncertainty that was sweeping over the country at the time. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Checks out. The day the music died. Here's some of the music McLean is mourning. Buddy Holly's Peggy Sue, and then it has a link. Richie Valens, La Bamba. <laughs> you think that's what he was mourning? He's like, I would love to put on La Bamba right now, but I haven't been able to listen to it in 10 years. <sighs> listen to it in the dark. <laughs> Imagine listening to that song in the dark. Singing bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, This will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. All right. Here we go. Verse three. Verse three. We're knocking them out. Helter Skelter in a Summer Swelter. Helter Skelter's a Beatles song. It's also. This is before the Beatles died. The Charles Manson gang. Had that Helter Skelter reference. So yeah, Helter Skelter, scary. 
the birds flew off of the fallout shelter. This line's really clever because it's like the birds, the band, the birds with the Y in it. Mm -hmm. And then it describes what a fallout shelter is because there was like Cold War shit happening. It was scary. Eight miles high and fallen fast. It landed foul on the grass. Eight miles high is a song by the birds. Great. Um, well, this was really about Bob Dylan, huh? Yeah. The players tried for a forward pass with the jesters on the sideline in a cast. With the jester. The jester is still Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan had a motorcycle accident in 66 that cracked a vertebra. He was growing weary of being heralded as a leader of the protest movement. But he couldn't get rid of it. And he was also like injured and shit now. And, you know. The times are tough. Now the halftime air was sweet perfume. Sweet perfume is marijuana. Mm -hmm. While the sergeants played a marching tune and we all got up to dance. Oh, but we never got the chance. The sergeants, I'm assuming is Sergeant Pepper, played a marching tune. We all got up to dance. Uh, I guess Bob Dylan and the Beatles stopped touring around the same time in 1966 yeah, we know we know Don McLean. Don McLean was a sad guy, so he's like, ah, I want to see him on tour, right? Right. And he's like, ah, can't. Oh, no, I can't. Never can. Never will. Because the players tried to take the field, and the marching band refused to yield. Believed to be references to Vietnam War protests, how it crowded out every other social cause in the late '60s. The marching band is a reference to the military and the police refusing to yield. Or you can pretend that the marching band is still a reference to Sergeant Pepper. Up to you. Do you recall what was revealed the day the music died? The death of Buddy Holly signaled the end of an era. The cheery optimism and calm of the 1950s was drawing to a close, and a new phase of American history was about to unfold. President Kennedy would wrap up U.S. involvement in Vietnam, become embroiled in the Cuban Missile Crisis, and ultimately become assassinated. Rip. Then we got a chorus. Then we got verse four. What's the chorus? Uh, we started singing. Bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys drinking whiskey, whiskey and rye, singing "This will be the day that I die." This will be, be the, the day, day that, that I, I die. die. <laughs> All right, verse four. It's a short one. <laughs> Thank God. And there we were all in one place. Likely a nod to the music festivals of 69. Though Woodstock was the most iconic, and this line seems similar to those in Joni Mitchell's song, Woodstock. Later lines hint that is primarily an allusion to the Altamont Free Concert. Hmm. But none of that, uh, Summer, Summer Soul. Mm-hmm. The Harlem Music Festival. Also, Woodstock was on the cover of Rolling Stone. You know what was it? Harlem Music Festival. Nope. A generation lost in space. Lost in space was a dreadful 1960s TV show. Following the no dissolution, bias. <laughs> the 1960s counterculture people had little idea of what to do with themselves. Of course, the 1960s were the time of the space space race, culminating in the moon landing in 1969. With also, n- a reference to the lost generation. Yes. Uh, with no time left to start again. McLean's generation was growing out of its youth and running out of a hopeful figures in music, pop culture, and society to relate to slash rely on. 
Right, they only had Nixon. Like, what were they being for Halloween? Just Nixon? Just Nixon. Right? A ghost. I guess, with a sheep. like, similar is, like, Tupac, Biggie, Aaliyah, you know, like, that kind of... Right. Like, I that's think like that's a more peop- recent version. I think that's how people felt when that happened. But, you know, you and I don't remember that. But I think it would be a sim- Like, I don't know if there's songs like this out there for that, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think this... Mm, I, this is certainly bigger in white culture. Right. Which, okay, since yeah. white culture has more... So, come on. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack Flash sat on a candlestick. Because fire is the devil's only friend. Oh, and as I watch him on the stage, my hands were clenched in the fits of rage. No angel born in hell could break that Satan spell. And as the flames climbed high into the night to light the sacrificial rite, I saw Satan laughing with delight the day the music died. Alright, let's break that one down. (laughs) Yeah, let's hear what Genius Annotation has to say. Opening lines here combine the Jack from the Rolling Stones song Jack... Jumping Jack Flash with that of the early 1800s nursery rhyme, Jack Be Nimble. Jack Be Nimble, Jack Be Quick, Jack Jump Over the Candlestick. So that's in the nursery rhyme. It's also exactly what's in this song. (laughs) 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 We start with something that's innocent as a nursery rhyme, like the innocence of the 50s and early 60s that McLean harks back to, but Jack fails to jump over the candlestick and through the connection of candlestick. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so the nursery rhyme says Jack jump over the candlestick, but McLean says Jack Flash sat on a candlestick. Also, can I just say, the 50s was the civil rights movement. Like, maybe John McLean was having a nice time. Right, but not... But there was unrest before Buddy Holly died. Right. This is very Make America Great Again, if you ask me. I agree. It's also a little bit, um... Band-Aid 1984. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so jo- Jack jumps into a candlestick. Flame, fire. The rest of this verse refers directly... Sorry, did you have something? Oh, I was going to ask, um, does Make America Great Again refer to resurrecting Buddy Holly? <laughs> that was his plan all along. Yeah, he's going to like make a zombie Buddy Holly. <laughs> Go on. What? The rest of this verse refers directly to the events of the Altamont free concert held on December 6, 69 in California. The Stones had hired the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club to provide security for the event. During the Stones' performance of Under My Thumb, an 18-year-old man, Meredith Hunter, was stabbed to death by Hells Angels' Alain Pissarro. Hunter brandished a revolver What? while high on methamphetamine after earlier getting into an altercation with the Hell's Angel at the front of the stage. Pissarro was later found not guilty of the murder. I didn't know that was also 1969. <laughs> Hunter's death was seen as a symbolic as the end of the 60s and a loss of innocence, and some interpret it as a racially motivated attack. McLean portrays Jagger as Satan himself up on stage, both a play on the Hell's Angel's name and from the fact Jagger sings from the perspective of the devil and sympathy for the devil, which is played during the first set. People have criticized Jagger for not stopping the concert earlier, as the Hell's Angel of the crowd had been getting more and more raucous toward each other at the end of the night went on. 
Does this sound familiar to you? Yeah, it sounds like fucking Travis Scott. Yeah. So this has happened before. This has happened before. Literally relating them to Satan. Right, and it's like the Hell's Angels and like people are... Yeah. Huh. (laughs) So it's fine. It's not new anyway. Right, so It's not TikTok's fault. Right, so like... Travis Scott isn't going to still be on Rolling Stone for the rest of his life, like Mick Jagger was. But Mick Jagger was on it before this incident, too. I don't think Travis Scott has been. No, I don't think so, either. Then we have, uh... Sorry, are you finished? Yeah. Okay. I think it's just more of that. Then we have a chorus. Uh Uh-huh. What's in the... He was singing (laughs) Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Have you ever driven your driven your Chevy to the levee? No. Was it wet or dry? You okay? You haven't got. I haven't. Them good old boys drinking whiskey and rye, and singing "This will be the day that I die." This will be the day that I die. There's a deleted verse. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's after the breakdown. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Here's the breakdown. I met a girl who sang the blues. She asked me for some happy news. No, I asked her for happy news, my bad. And she just smiled and turned away. Uh, Genius is certain that this girl was Janis Joplin. (laughs) Uh, Almost, it literally says, the girl who sang the blues is almost certainly Janis Joplin. In the song Chelsea Hotel No. 2, Leonard Cohen independently used similar language to talk about her death. But you got away, didn't you, babe? You just turned your back to the crowd. I'm going to be honest, this just sounds like a metaphor to me. Yeah. Not to be too much of a hater. But I went down to the sacred store where I'd heard the music years before. But the man there said the music wouldn't play. This is a metaphor for the death (laughs) of Holly Valens and Richardson, as well as Joplin and her contemporaries like Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, and Brian Jones. And in the streets, the children screamed, the lovers cried, and the poets dreamed, but not a word was spoken. What the hell is this photo? Uh, it's Kent. It's Kent State Shooting. Oh, yeah, it is. I didn't read. So, um, this is possibly another reference to the Kent State Shooting, maybe also the first reference to the Kent State Shooting, or maybe it's not a reference to that. Because, once again, just, the line is fairly vague. I can understand. Like, I can imagine, like, a song This was now. super relevant at the time. Right. But these lines they're attributing it to are not that specific. Right. I can imagine, like, a song being released today. Or, say, like, honestly, any song released after 2001. A lot of them f- are clearly to us in reference to 9-11. But it doesn't say anything that specific. Like, a tower fell or something, right. though. Or but like, that's still... This is the lover's cry and the poet's dreamed. That could mean literally That's anything. the thing. It's like, it's not... I mean, unless... If McLean said these lines are in reference to... Right, but instead I'm pretty sure it's an anon on genius.com. <laughs> okay, the church bells all were broken. There's no music. The three men I admire most, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, caught the last train for the coast the day the music died. Now, I've always interpreted the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost to be a reference to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, because that's typically what What that that refers to. However, 
Some interpret these lines as being JFK, MLK, and RFK, or or Hendrix, Morrison, and Jones, or Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and Richardson. So, you know, I guess uh, flip the coin. Whatever you feel. Whatever you feel. But people don't interpret this as a god thing? No, apparently, apparently not. Uh, can you get the deleted verse, please? Okay, so someone commented on the header deleted verse. <laughs> 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 the verse was revealed in Don McLean's manuscript from 71 that was released and sold in April 2015. How did this make it onto the lyric page, though? It's not in the song. It's his handwritten lyrics. I know, but like... I think that's pretty normal. But you... But, but, but it's already eight, nine minutes long. But, like, also, wouldn't you be looking this up because you're listening to the song? Oh, I mean, like, why is Genius.com included? Have you been reading these? <laughs> hey, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> this is where I draw the line. <laughs> and there I stood alone and afraid. I dropped to my knees, and there I prayed. McLean. Get this photo. There is a clip art of a man <laughs> praying. McLean was scared that the production of the good music would cease. McLean was very much McLean very much liked music and wanted good music to be keeping made. As stated in the following lines, he just wanted the music to live. I think McLean needs help. This is so MAGA. <laughs> And I promised him everything I could give, if only he could make the music live. And he promised it would live once more. But this time, one equal, one would equal four. Oh, Jesus. The four are probably the Beatles. The one may be Elvis Presley, alluded to the earlier line. Blah, blah, blah. We all know the line. <laughs> okay. What was that line? But this time, one would equal four. I don't get it. <laughs> and in five years had come to mourn, and the music was reborn. <gasps> the meaning of lines in this lost verse can feel as elusive as the rest of the song. <laughs> Many think of the day the music died as the famous plane crash that killed Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and Big Popper. If you tell me that this is not about them, I swear to God. <laughs> five years later, the Beatles came for their first tour in the U.S., and the music was reborn. And then there's another chorus. And they were singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys drinking whiskey and rye. Singing this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Then there's an outro. <sighs> yeah, you want to hit that one? Yeah, uh, they were singing Bye Bye <laughs> Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Have you ever um, seen a wet levee? Not personally, but the levee's like grease, right? There was water in there. Like, there. <laughs> But, wait, is it a metaphorical dry? Like, it was lame, nobody was there? Or maybe people were sober. <laughs> like, it was a dry levy. Like, they weren't <laughs> serving alcohol? Yeah. Maybe that was it. But, them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Oh, see. So it couldn't have so been like, a dry levy no, in that way. it couldn't way. have been a dry levy. But I'm glad we considered it. Um, singing, <laughs> this will be the day that I die. And that's the whole song. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the Weird Al version of it? 
I think about it a lot. Bye, bye, this here Anakin guy. <laughs> Should we do that one too? <laughs> to Darth Vader, but the ba 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 bum. Wait, <laughs> that's so good. With the genius lyrics for it. <laughs> Isn't someone crazy playing Weird Al in his movie? Um, oh, it's Daniel Heathcliff. Yeah. Who? That's Daniel me. Cliff Bar? <laughs> Daniel Clifford the Big Red Dog. I just... Um, I don't know who could play Weird Al, to be honest. <laughs> I think really Andy Samberg maybe can. He has curly hair. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like Harry Potter. It's <laughs> a really important thing to note. Don McLean is alive. That's good. He's 76. Oh, does that mean when Don McLean dies, somebody has to write an American Pie for him just so he doesn't die in vain? <laughs> I hope he doesn't die on February 3rd of any year. <laughs> any year. 2069. <laughs> How old is he again? He would be turning like 130 that year. Hmm. He got divorced in 2016. Jesus. It's really late in life. <laughs> they got married in 1987. Damn! Good for them. Don McLean's ex-wife slams Singer for cutting daughter off. <laughs> Dude, she hates him. My deeply controlling ex-husband. Wow. Yeah, I didn't really get from genius lyrics seeing all of his song. I don't really get the vibe that he's like a chill dude. <laughs> Listen, it's really sad that Buddy Holly died. Okay, wait. So I understand that this is a little different because of the. Because Don McLean is heavily implying that this is what everyone cared about. Right. He's not saying this was the day that I was sad. Right. He's saying this is the day the, the music, music died. They stopped playing it in the stores. The church bells didn't chime. What I'm thinking is okay. when Mac Miller died, okay. I was really sad. Mm-hmm. Here I am, five years later. Mm-hmm. Living in Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm a little obsessed. <laughs> but I can admit that good music has been made. Right. Since. Right, and this is a decade later, and he's like... Pissed. Yeah. Sad. Well, he did say that, like, the Fab Four came and re- rebirthed music. But I also don't feel like anyone specifically came and saved the music world because Mac Miller died. <laughs> did you call the Beatles the Fab Four? <laughs> Alright, fuck, Mary kill. The Fab Four. <laughs> I was gonna say Buddy Holly, Richie Valens. <laughs> no, I feel bad about killing It's <laughs> a good point. Um, Don McLean. Okay. The Fab Four, a.k.a. The Beatles. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Rivers Cuomo? Yeah, Rivers Cuomo, lead singer of Weezer. Looks like Buddy Holly. Um, the Fab Four... Rivers Cuomo, Cuomo and Don McLean. I'm killing McLean. 
I'm killing the fat four. I almost did, but I just, you know. I'm fucking McLean. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. And I'm marrying Weez. I'm marrying Rivers cause, just because, like, the pool That's party. That's rough. Because then what? Am I going to. Okay, so. The pool party, I'm going to. It's good. There's going to be Fallout Boy and Green Day. I think I'm going to marry the Beatles. Wow. I'm killing McLean. Coming from the person whose shower was ruined because yesterday came up on the shuffle on the shower radio. Now it you're just ru- marrying them? Okay. <laughs> That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All your trouble seems so far away. No, I'm marrying them. Huh? Fucking Rivers. I don't think Rivers is going to be fun to be married to, but it's just for the club. It's for the pool party. For the pool party. Making connections, networking. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Network with Do- Don, Don McLean? Yeah. Nah, he's not uh, No, I don't trust him. I'm not marrying Don McLean, clearly. Hell no. <laughs> I am not fucking the Fab Four. Those guys are scary. <laughs> they are not Fab. <laughs> I don't even know why they're called that. 